What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and I'm amped right now, y'all. The, the Avs just beat the hell out of the Lightning 7-0 in Game 2. It's late night, Saturday night. Had a couple of drinks. I am pumped up. I've just never seen the... I've never seen an ass beating like that. In a, in a Stanley Cup game. I mean, it, it was absurd. I mean, absolutely absurd. And it got me thinking, you know, what are what are the more dominant victories in CSU football history? So we're going to go through the numbers a little bit. I'm going to talk about, you know, some of the big wins in program history. And then I'm actually going to go through the most dominant win of each season from 2000 through 2021. Probably going to split it into two parts. I guess we'll see you know, how long it is once I get going here. We all know I have the ability to ramble and occasionally get sidetracked. But I think this is going to be a lot of fun to just kind of go through the history books a little bit, talk about the big wins. We'll also kind of go over, you know, the context of, of some of the games and, you know, the various seasons, talk about the the players that performed well, all that fun stuff. Just going to be a nice little trip down memory lane and just kind of a, a fun, inspired, you know, avalanche podcast, even though we're going to make it all about CSU. Before we get into it, hockey fans, the final chase for the Stanley Cup is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup final, has a can't-miss offer for the most exciting series in sports. New customers can bet $5 on either team to win their game, get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose, if you're looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the final, try the DraftKings same game parlay. You combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. New customers bet $5 on either team to win, Tampa or Colorado. And get $100 in free bets, no matter what, does not matter who wins. Again, that promo code DNVR, we wouldn't want them thinking that somebody else sent you. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Final. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Watching this Avs game was just insane. I mean, they they completely outclassed Tampa Bay, which is absurd because they are the defending world champions two times. I mean, back-to-back champs, just absurd. And they did not look like they belonged on the ice with the Avalanche. I mean, this, this was a beatdown of epic proportions. I mean, it made me think of, you know, that World Cup, Final back in the day with, uh, or I don't even know if it was a final, but it was a World Cup matchup between you know Germany and Argentina. They won like seven zero, just an absolute slaughtering. It made me think of when CU uh, absolutely just murdered CSU in the Rocky Mountain Showdown uh, with Fatone Bauta, the infamous first down <laughs> celebration play. Yeah, the forty nine zero loss to USC as well. But it also made me think of a lot of big wins and, and fun moments and, and just, you know, dominant performances. I thought about when Fresno State came to Hughes Stadium on, you know, a hot November day and the Rams whooped them 37 to zero. 
you know, I, I thought about Colin Hill's first start against Northern Colorado. And, and I thought about some of the air force wins in my childhood, um, uh, as well as, you know, one from when I worked for the team, the, yeah, the 2013 victory over air force where they just throttled them in the home finale. So we're going to go through the history. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. Figured it would be a better exercise to go through the the dominant wins than the dominant losses. I'm not really sure what the uh, football equivalent of of winning seven zero would be. I don't maybe like seventy to zero or or something like that. It it seems insane, but yeah, the most points that the Rams have ever scored in a game is seventy seven. They did that against Emporia State back in 1967. They scored 76 points against UTEP in 1973. UTEP has uh, been the victim of a lot of beatdowns from CSU over the years. In 2013, the Rams scored 66 points. They also scored that in a game against Nevada back in 74. Rounding out the top five offensive performances by CSU in history, CSU scored 65 points against Savannah State. That was actually the first game of the Bobo era. We will talk about that one when we go through each game between 2000 and 2021. The most points CSU has ever scored in any individual half was the second half of the 1984 UTEP game. The Rams scored 49 points in a 49-7 victory over UTEP. The second most was the first half of the Savannah State game. In, in 2015, again, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but the Rams were winning 45-7 at halftime of that game. The third most points scored in any half was the second half of the Idaho Potato Bowl in 2016. The Rams scored 43 points in that half. The fourth most was the first half of the San Diego State game. That was actually one week or one game, I should say, before that Idaho matchup. The Rams scored 42 in that one. One of the more dominant wins in program history. That was the one that came to mind for 2016, but we'll, we'll talk about it later with why I ended up going with another one. Uh, along with that San Diego State matchup, the Rams also scored 42 in the second half of the 1997 San Jose State game, of the 1973 first half game, or <laughs> of the first half of the 1973 game against UTEP, and then they scored it in the second half of the Emporia State game as well. Again, they scored 77 total points in that game, the most in program history. One of the things that was kind of interesting to me going through these numbers was just seeing how many of these crazy offensive explosions happened in the Mike Bobo era. I mean, it's it's not a secret. We all talked about that for years that, you know, we we knew they could score. They just couldn't stop anybody on defense. But when you realize that, like, the most points scored in any half that like three out of the top five happened in the Bobo era and some of the most prolific offenses in terms of season stats as well all happened in the Bobo era as well 2015 through 2017 all those offenses were really dynamic I'll always wonder if you know just a couple things went differently in 2016 and in 2017 especially if the Bobo era would have been completely different I mean maybe he's still here you know successful maybe he establishes, you know, legitimate success at CSU and then gets poached by a, a P5 team. I don't know. I, I just think the way that it all played out is, is kind of unfortunate because I do think he was a good coach, but clearly just a, a better offensive coordinator than a head coach. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys where that's the case. 
All right, the uh, the most touchdowns that CSU has scored in any individual game, 11. That has happened twice, once against UTEP in 1973, also against Emporia State 1967. Tied for the third most, nine touchdowns. The Rams have done that multiple times. They did it against San Diego State in 2016, Savannah State in 2015, New Mexico in 2013, Hawaii in 1997, Nevada in 1974, and Wyoming way back in 1913. All right, now that we've kind of set the scene with all of this, talked about you know where this idea came from, went over some of the more prolific offensive performances from CSU football and all of its history, I want to go through just... I wanted to pick one game each season from 2000 through 2021 and just talk about why I view it as the most dominant performance from that season. Typically, it's going to be the largest margin of victory, but not necessarily uh, always that. You know, there, there's a couple of factors that go into it. Just context of the game, you know, what type of opponent you're playing, you know, does the game matter? Obviously, the Avalanche beating the Lightning 7-0 would be impressive in the regular season. To do it, you know, in the Stanley Cup finals, that just elevates it to a whole new level. It just makes it that much more impressive. And so I kind of tried to consider a, a variety of things, you know, when determining what the most dominant win was. I, I initially wanted to do just like the 25 most dominant wins in CSU football history. And I still think I might do an article on that, but that one is is just going to take obviously a lot more research. You know, you can go through the numbers, but if you don't, if you didn't experience it, if you didn't, you know, watch those games, know who the players were, understand what the expectations were, you can't really have a complete grasp of you know what the most impressive wins were, and and that's just kind of why I wanted to to keep it within my life, and and not just my life, but also you know when I was you know old enough to watch the team for the most part. Two thousand two is is really the first season that I have significant memories from, just because I was seven years old and just totally obsessed with BVP and and Cecil Sapp. But I've gone back and I've watched, you know, every game that I can, you know, from the late 90s and in early 2000s. I really wish more of those were, were on YouTube. There are just so many great moments in, in CSU football history that currently are, are not available to watch anywhere digitally. And I, I just don't get it. That's something I would love to see CSU do. You know, during the pandemic, they, they put the 1994 win over Arizona on there. And that was awesome. You know, I, I did the whole DNVR watches thing. But I mean, if I had the ability to, I, I would go back and watch every single game of the Sonny Lubick era without a doubt. I mean, it, it would be amazing. Someday I hope that we have that ability. Right now, you can't even watch, you know, the, the Boston College victory in, in 2014, the win from when I was in school. And to me, that's just absurd. You know, that's, you know, one of the flaws with the Mountain West as a whole. You know, you look up, you know, any Texas game from the last 20 years, you're probably going to be able to find a copy of it. Same thing, you know, with Nebraska for the most part, you know, those type of programs. There's media rights and all kinds of elements that go into it that, you know, I'm ignorant to. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, like bash CSU or anything like that. I just think it would be cool if you had the ability to watch all those games. And, and I hope that down the line, we, we have that option. But let's just get into it. And let's start with 2000. One of the more successful campaigns in CSU football history, the Rams went 10 and 2, finished 14th in the AP poll, went 6 and 1 in the Mountain West. Really just a dominant team. I mean, they scored 30 points a game. 
really, really balanced offensively. They only allowed 18.8 points per game, and they ultimately won the Liberty Bowl 22-17 to over Louisville. That team was led by Matt Newton under center. He finished the year 198 of 334 for 2,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, 13 picks. It really was all about the emergence of Cecil Sapp in the backfield. He led the Rams in carries that year with 151, 841 yards on the ground, 10 rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. They also had Rashawn Sanders, who had 131 carries for 524 yards and five touchdowns. You know, one of the big themes of the Lubick era was just being able to really physically impose their will on both sides of the ball. And, you know, the Rams, when they were typically most successful back then, it was because they could really ground and pound, you know, BVP, Cecil Sapp, all those guys. And even before that, you know, going back to the 90s, Kevin McDougal and, and Damon Washington. I mean, there were so many dynamic running backs that that played for CSU during the, the Lupic era. Kyle Bell, Garshall Johnson. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the most dominant win of the 2000 season was in September, September 30th to be specific. The Rams beat Nevada 45-14 to to advance to 3-1 and on the year. Uh, Nevada dropped to 1-3. and CSU had 29 total first downs in this game compared to just 9 for Nevada. The Rams had 318 yards on the ground to go along with 4 rushing touchdowns. Conversely, the Wolfpack had 58 yards on the ground, 0 touchdowns, uh, 503 total yards for CSU, 311 for Nevada. Um, the Rams had three turnovers in this game. Otherwise, it would have been even more lopsided. But, I mean, really just a beat down. 20 more first downs than an FBS opponent is just crazy. The Rams had four different individuals rush for a touchdown and two different people uh, rush for 100 yards in the game. Rashawn Sanders, the leading rusher, 19 carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. Duan Ruff also had 15 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Cecil Sapp, six carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Just flat out freaking bullied him, man. I mean, this this was an impose-your-will type game, like I said, pretty common during the Lubick era, but that's about as dominant as it gets. Moving on to 2001, the first season of the BVP era. The Rams came into the year ranked 24th in the AP poll. Uh, they fell out of the poll after losing 41-14 to to CU in the opener. Kind of a tough start to the year for CSU. Uh, they, you know, got beat down kind of by the buffs in the first game. Then they recover with a nice win over Nevada, 35-18. But, you know, they lose a seven-point game to San Diego State. They lose at Louisville, 7-2 on October 4, 2001. Another game I'd, you know, love to go back and watch. The week after that, they lose 25-22 to to number eight Fresno State. I mean, that, that's just really bad luck. You lose three games by, you know, seven or less points. You're a couple of things going different from, you know, having one of the more transcendent wins in program history. I mean, if you beat number eight Fresno State, they were led by David Carr. He obviously went on to be a top pick in the NFL draft. Didn't do much in the NFL, but very, very highly touted college player. Instead, though, you know, the Rams drop that one. They start the year two and four. So the fact that they actually finished seven, seven and five Pretty, you know, impressive, all things considered. They ended the year on a three-game winning streak after dropping a, a tough game to a top 25 BYU team and really ended the, the year on a nice note with a 45-20 victory over North Texas. You could kind of 
feel the momentum that was kind of coming for 2002. Again, one of the, the better seasons in, in program history. The most dominant win in 2001, though, was the 42-14 win over Wyoming on September 21st. The Rams had 321 yards on the ground compared to just 116 for the Pokes. Nine total turnovers in this game. The Rams had four. Wyoming had five, so kind of a sloppy one. But it ultimately ended up being CSU's largest margin of victory for the 2001 season. And, you know, to win this game on the road, which I should have added before, that's, you know, a big, important piece of the context, as well as the fact that the Rams started the year one and two. They were coming off of a heartbreaking, you know, 14-7 loss to San Diego State. To respond the way that they did, you know, you have a first-year starting quarterback in BVP after he transferred over from Michigan State. And it just kind of set the tone, you know, for what it would be like while he was CSU's quarterback, especially in rivalry games. I mean, they were just always fun. Air Force, CU, Wyoming. He didn't necessarily win them all, but they were all really competitive games, you know, memorable moments in my childhood. It was just a fun time to be a CSU fan. Speaking of fun times, none more fun than the 2002 season, one of the most memorable campaigns of my lifetime. Before we talk about that, though, I got to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery, the hometown craft beer of your Colorado avalanche. They're celebrating this historic winning season with the people who have supported this community through such a challenging year by gifting Avs tickets to a pair of community stars each game, uh, each home game during the Stanley Cup finals. We invite you to nominate a stellar community member and an Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, they're going to hook up a fan and friend with tickets, gear to match, and of course, the drink of the season, Avalanche Ale. Breckenridge Brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit Marshall Fire victims. Visit breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game. And check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you that sells delicious Breckenridge brews. I highly recommend their hard seltzer, uh, hard soda line, which came out this summer. They are seltzers, absolutely fire. I love the root beer one. It, it might be my favorite, you know, beer seltzer that I've ever had. Typically, I've, I've been more of a beer guy, but these are game changers, guys. 100 calories, no sugar, but they're still sweet, but not overwhelmingly sweet. I mean, they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Go check it out again. Check out the Breck Brew Locator to find the closest location near you. Cool, cool, cool. In 2002, CSU finished 10-4. and four. They were as high as 16th in the AP poll. They were 23rd as of uh, December 8th, but fell out of the final poll after losing the Liberty Bowl 17-13 to TCU. Despite losing their bowl game, still probably the most successful CSU season of my lifetime. That was the last time that the Rams won the Mountain West Conference. Two decades, y'all. Been a long-ass time. But they start the year with a road win over Virginia, 35-29. One of the hottest games in program history. Um, and then they follow it up with a victory over Colorado down at Mile High Stadium, 19-14. The Buffs were ranked uh, seventh. That's when you get the infamous BVP quote. Said they were the you know sorriest number six team in the country that he'd ever seen, uh, referencing the Buffs who were six in the coaches poll, seventh in the AP poll. They lost at UCLA thirty to nineteen in week three, but it was a really competitive game. They had an opportunity. Follow it up with a thirty six thirty three win over Louisville, and. 
if it wasn't for a 32-30 loss to Fresno State, I mean, you're talking about a potential like Fiesta Bowl appearance or, or something like that. Instead, they ultimately end up playing, you know, TCU. They dropped that game 17-3. But just a really, really fun season overall. You know, you could, you know, say the victory over CU if you wanted just because of the context. But th- but I think if if we're staying true to the exercise, the most dominant win was on October 24th when the Rams beat BYU 37 to 10. CSU 342 yards on the ground, held BYU to just 65. Uh, the Rams forced four turnovers, BYU three fumbles and an interception. What was crazy was CSU actually won this game with just 11 completed passes. That's how dominant they were on the ground. BVP and Justin Holland combined for 11 completed passes. Just a, you know, really an an ass whooping. Like this this was a a beatdown over one of the premier programs in the Mountain West. And it was, you know, a time when, you know, CSU was the flagship program, like CSU and Utah. Those were the elite schools, you know, in the Mountain West. BYU was really good, but those were the top schools. You know, those were the the Boise States that you were you were scared of. It was CSU. And, you know, that's the thing with younger generations who just have grown up with CSU largely being irrelevant. They don't really recognize that this has been a program that has, you know, reached extreme highs at, at various points. It's just been a long time. The 2003 season was a bit disappointing. I mean, the Rams went seven and six. They they went seven and five in the regular season. Ultimately, lost to Boston College uh, in the I think it was like the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl out in San Francisco. One of the bowls that don't exist. The Rams started the year ranked 23rd, fell out of the poll after falling 42 to 35 to CU in the opener. Never ended up cracking the top 25 again, but they did beat Cal on the road. Uh, got beat down by Miami, Ohio. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger came to town. I remember that one. After that, they ended up losing a really tough seven-point game to Utah. Did finally beat Fresno State after falling to him a couple years in a row. Yeah, the most dominant game, though, by far, 58-13, to a win over BYU in Provo. Back-to-back years, CSU just handing it to BYU. Gotta love that, because historically, you know, that that was not necessarily how it typically went. But, I mean, the Rams, they they start 21-3, to or they build a 21-3 lead, excuse me, early. By halftime, it's 41-13. It's 51-13 going into the fourth, and they ultimately close it out with another touchdown. To win 58-13 in, in Provo, one of the more hostile environments in all of college football, is extremely impressive. A huge game for Marcus Houston. A m- couple of rushing touchdowns for him. Three, actually, so a, a massive game. But this game was kind of what I think of when I think of the Sonny Lubick era, and that's just being extremely balanced. Like I do think they, they leaned ground and pound, but in this one, they rushed for 214 and threw for 242. That was kind of the the perfect performance, you know, during those BVP years. You could run it down their throat, but it opened up play action opportunities and, you know, chances to stretch the field. And in this one, the Rams, they they really took advantage and they were able to pick up a big time win in a hostile atmosphere. Defensively, they they forced four turnovers, two picks, two fumble recoveries. Just a really solid game. After an up and down year in 2003, the Rams finished four and seven in 2004. Uh, first losing season CSU had since year one under Sonny Lubick. So pretty crazy. 
it, it should be noted, CSU played an insane schedule. I mean, they start the year at CU in Boulder, lose a heartbreaker, 27-24. I don't even want to get into that one. That in 2005 are, are two of the more heartbreaking losses in my lifetime, just gut-wrenching. After that, they go to the number one team in the country, USC. They had Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, Landale White. The Rams lose that one, 49-0 on primetime TV. That was a tough one. I was so excited. CSU, Saturday night, ABC, and they just got slaughtered. One week later, they host a top 25 Minnesota team, drop that one, 34-16. So, I mean, really just a, a tough way to start the year with a road game against your rival and then a pair of top 25 teams, one of which was you know, maybe the greatest college football team ever in, in 2004 USC. But there were just a lot of extreme highs and lows this year. It, it made sense. I mean, your, your first year post BVP, Justin Holland is taking over really highly, you know, touted local recruit coming out of Bear Creek High School. But I mean, to start your career with the CU game, then USC, Minnesota, that's tough. And then you could just see it all year. I mean, they, they, played two top 10 teams, both on the road. They got killed by both of them. They also lost 63 to 31 to number seven, Utah. I got murdered by air force, but there were some big wins as well. Ended up beating UNLV 45 to 10, uh, really throttled them pretty consistently back then. Uh, the biggest win though, in my opinion, the most dominant win was a 30 to seven win over Wyoming on October 22nd, 2004. The Rams forced four turnovers and just completely dominated. They had started the year two and four. So like I said, really tough way to begin the year. You have an inexperienced quarterback in, in Justin Holland, and they're able to respond with a rivalry win, a, a dominant rivalry win, you know, over their biggest rival in, in Wyoming. And just really on, on both sides of the football were completely superior. I mean, that was the thing about the Lubick era too. It did not matter, you know, how good CSU was that year. They were always going to be up for that Wyoming game. And I mean, you even saw it, you know, in, in Sonny's last season in, you know, 2007 where, you know, CSU was really bad, but they're able to respond with a big time win over Wyoming in the finale, what ended up being Sonny's last game. I, I think that's what, you know, kind of frustrated us. One of the many things I think that frustrated CSU fans about Mike Bobo you know, obviously the rivalry games as a whole, it wasn't just that they were losing. It was like that they often never even showed up. In 2005, CSU responded by going six and six. They were led by Kyle Bell in the backfield. He had 10 total touchdowns, 1,200 rushing yards. Uh, Justin Holland, 235 of 369, completed 64% of his passes, 23 touchdowns, 15 picks. Always had a big arm, just... Kind of seemed to always show the the costly turnover, unfortunately. But yeah, the most dominant win of the 2005 season came on September 29, 2005. CSU beats down Air Force 41 to 23. Starts with a Kyle Bell touchdown halfway through the first quarter, and the Rams just kind of took it from there. I mean, Air Force actually did make three straight field goals to go up nine seven, but from that point, I mean, just domination. David Anderson. Ends up with a couple of receiving touchdowns from Justin Holland, one of my other favorite childhood uh, players. And then Kyle Bell caps it off with two more touchdowns, including a 30-yard run. Really, really nice day for him. And another gamer, a guy that you knew was just going to perform in those rivalry games. And it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I had Kyle Bell's jersey, and now I'm you know friends with him. 
32 carries for 197 yards overall, three touchdowns in that game, one of the biggest games of his career. 2006 was a transition year for the Rams. Uh, Caleb Haney, his first year as a starting quarterback, finishes the year a complete 61% of his passes for 2,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The tough part, obviously, was the Rams ended up losing uh, Kyle Bell for most of the year to injury. And, you know, after starting four and two, CSU ends up dropping seven straight to close the year. Just really, really brutal. Uh, the the last win of the year, though, that was the most dominant one. It came on October 7th, 2006. The Rams beat UNLV 28-7. to Game was tied seven apiece at halftime. CSU outscores UNLV 21-0 in the second half. Uh, the Rams held UNLV to just 52 total rush yards and 250 yards of total offense. Caleb Haney ended up being the star of the game. He had a nine-yard rushing touchdown in the third quarter to give CSU its first lead of the game. And then four minutes later, extended the lead to 14 with a 64-yard bomb to Damon Morton. Jeff Herenick ended up closing it out with a 14-yard pick six in the fourth quarter. The Rams win 28-7 in total. You know, starting in, in 2006, it's, it's kind of the beginning of uh, just a really rough stretch in, in CSU football history. You have a you know brief moment in 2008 where the Rams are able to win the New Mexico Bowl, have some fun games. The, the BYU game, obviously, really, really memorable despite losing it. The win over Fresno State, one of the more exciting wins in CSU history just in terms of like action. It wasn't high-quality football, but Garshaw Johnson just ran it down their throats. Um, but really, I mean, 2007 to 2013, or, you know, I mean, 2012, first year of the McElwain era, so you give him some slack. But it was just really brutal. I mean, to to have Sonny Lubick go out the way that he did was really hard on the fan base. And he just deserved better. He really did. But it's unfortunate. Can't change it, obviously. Uh, 2007, though, also the most dominant win of the year over UNLV. 48-23 on October 20th. The Rams were 0-6 coming in. Uh, but Garshall Johnson went absolutely wild with 177 yards, had a pair of touchdowns on the ground. Defensively, CSU forced five turnovers to come up with the big-time road win. Uh, if you remember back in the day, I had Kyle Bell on my podcast about a year, year and a half ago, and he kind of talked about this win and, and just the 2007 season in general. Uh, it's it's viewed as like probably the craziest college football year because there were just so, mon- so many upsets. The, the top five was... Just a revolving door, but for CSU specifically, they, they lost a really just like four heartbreakers in the first five weeks. And it just it was a tough year. It was a really tough year. All right. We are going to continue this on part two of the pod. We will keep the action going with the Steve Fairchild era and onward. But yeah, we'll keep it moving with the 2008 season, the most dominant victories of the 21st century. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I wanna be I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head So now she's 
talking my teeth, tucked into new prodigies, and we ain't smoking a month. But I just saw her last week, the lipstick stain still on my cheek, like we ain't talk enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions, and this is more about me and all of my self deception. I'll tell myself a lie 100 times, don't need corrections. But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson. And the peaches out from Palisade. And they sweet as mama's marmalade. And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies. My daddy played the drums, and my mama slapped that bass. And my sister sang these songs. Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet like a middle school slow dance. No one knew how to leave, but I'm so thankful for these days. They put a smile on my face. Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, heart eyes when I'm grinning Heart eyes and them emojis You said you won't be on me, I said you won't be lonely You can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sp fours and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i wait a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with every Every girl that wanna date me Introspective but scatterbrained on the daily I'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing I know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy play the drums And my mama slap that bass And my sister sing these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping to left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days They put a smile on my face